On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, version 9 of Tesla's in-car software is in testers' hands and should be in yours very soon. I've got all the details of this huge update, which includes even more than most of us thought it would. Plus, the SEC files a lawsuit against Elon Musk, lots of Tesla owners volunteer to help with new customer deliveries and orientations, and much more. What's happening, friends? It's the end of the quarter, September 30th, 2018. This is episode 165 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, we've got Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who is uh, working on a dental chew down there, keeping herself busy. So tons to get to this week, just a, a yet another <laughs> insanely busy week. I've got so much to tell you. I've got uh, my own adventure stuff to tell you. I've got Tesla news to, sh to tell you about. So I thought I'd kind of split them up because the first thing I want to talk about is the volunteering, the owner volunteering. You, you heard me talk about it last week. So what happened last week, uh, I told you that I tweeted Elon. He tweeted back saying, hey, yeah, if any owners want to come on out and help with new customer orientations during delivery, that'd be great. So I did reach out as I said, to the Fremont Delivery Hub, and they kindly said, sure, great, we'd love to have you come on down. So I wanted to tell you about that now, and then uh, I took the Spirit of Adventure, I took my Performance Model 3 to the drag strip, which I'd never done in my life before with any car. I'm going to tell you about that at the towards the end of the show, after all the news, but first, the volunteering stuff. I wanted to talk about that because I think a lot of you participated. A lot of you got out there, a lot of you read about it, heard about it, uh, it sort of was news, so this isn't just me talking here. And I have to say uh, that the experience, as I thought and figured it would be, was phenomenal. Just what a heartwarming, fun, warm, enthusiastic experience. The staff in Fremont could not have been more kind to me, could not have been more gracious to me. I was being... Uh, extraordinarily careful not to step on anyone's toes. But uh, yeah, I wanted to tell you about it. So I ended up there. The day sort of was, was a bit of a weird Tesla day. I dropped my car off at Immaculate Reflections for some uh, follow-up work and then uh, just took, took BART, which is our subway system, took that all the way around the bay, just down south to Fremont, just Ubered over to the delivery hub and spent a good four hours there. I thought maybe I'd spent three hours there, ended up spending four. I didn't eat or drink anything the whole time, but I was just in that, just feeling, I don't know if any of you have to do conventions for your line of work, but uh, I went into convention mode, which is basically where my body sort of shuts down in the sense of uh, its its needs go away. Like I don't have to go to the bathroom. I don't have to eat anything. I don't have to drink anything. I just go into this space where I can just just focus in on what I'm doing and do it. I was out in the parking lot at, at the delivery hub in the sun for four hours, but it just, I've, I've had a great time. The, uh, what, what was awesome is I checked in with the manager there who was awesome. And I had, you know, I, she, we, she knew, knew I was coming from my email and, you know, I was just saying, Hey, I, I really hope this is okay. And that you guys aren't 
overwhelmed by this and don't, you know, we're not going to cause, nobody's going to cause problems. She said she just could not have been nicer about it and was happy to have me there. And so she uh, handed me a guest badge, a little lanyard with a get Tesla guest badge on it in red uh, and said, and just let sort of let me loose to go do my thing. And, and, and which, you know, didn't really get a lot of direction, which was, I just, I just decided, okay, I'll just go out there and talk to people and see if I can answer some questions. And I, and I said, and so I did. Uh, I talked to some people inside for a while as they were waiting on their paperwork. Then I went outside and my thought was, all right, well, I'll just mostly try to approach people who don't already have a Tesla employee with them. So I'm not getting in their way and just ask them, Hey, do you have any questions about the car? And, and a number of them asked like, who, you know, what I was doing and, and nobody was weirded out. Nobody was like, uh, you don't work here. I don't want to talk to you. Everybody was very gracious and, and very welcoming to the idea of a fellow owner being there uh, on their own time to help out. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, started off, I, I helped out a gentleman who was just there by himself, picking up his car, his all wheel drive model three. And, you know, this, this gentleman was a, was a software engineer, you know, accomplished guy, but had never had an electric car and, and he had a ton of questions. I ended up spending probably half an hour with him. It was great. I mean, not, some people I spent five minutes with, some people like him I, I spent, I think he was the most at half an hour. Most people, you know, between 10 and 20 minutes, I would say. And what was funny was, and just hilarious to listeners, you guys will understand this if you've been listening for a while. You know, I've been you know, meeting Elon Musk and interviewing Elon Musk has been on my my Tesla bucket list forever. And so the manager tells me, hey, uh, just to let you know, we've been told Elon might stop by today. And so I said, well, okay, you've got my cell phone number. If I'm at, you know, if you can't, if you don't see me, please let me know if he, if he slips in there. So I'd love to, and they said, sure. And, and I'll tell you, after that, I just, I didn't even think about it again because I just got so busy with other people. And go figure, I, I see uh, photos the next day on Twitter. He came, he, Elon did show up in the evening after I'd left. I left at about five o'clock. I was there from about one to five. So go figure, <laughs> I missed Elon, but that's not why I went. You know, that would have been a, a nice bonus. And I feel awesome for everybody that got to meet him and take a picture with him. But uh, yeah, like I said, I, I would say that I probably spent time with at least a dozen new owners or owner families in the four hours I was there. Maybe more than that. I just wasn't keeping track. And my sort of go-to line that I came up with to sort of break the ice with people, you know, I would ask them, hey, do you have any questions about the car? And in explaining who I was, I would just say, I'd say, I'm you in two months, <laughs> you know, uh, or I'm you two months ago, uh, or rather you're me two months ago, I should say. But, and yeah, like I said, just nobody seemed weirded out by the fact that there were owners, just, you know, people that didn't work for the company milling about, you know, talking to them. And what else can I tell you? There were, there were more performance model threes there than I expected. Uh, although maybe, I don't know, I guess I didn't know what to expect. Cause when I picked mine up, it was right as they started doing performance deliveries, and there were two in the in the lot. Uh, there were there were quite a number of them, though. I was really pleasantly surprised to see as many performance Model Threes as I did. In fact, two, I was two people I distinctly remember that were getting performance Model Threes had never driven any Tesla before ever, not a test drive, not anything. So I told them 
the thing I was telling them was, I said, uh, please, if you have your passenger record, just film from film the first time that you step on, that you slam on the accelerator, because you're going to want to remember that moment. It is going to be something that you've never experienced before. And I hope that they took me up on it because, uh, I suspect they, they were very, very happy about it. Um, I have to say that I met a number, several other owner volunteers who were, who were there already. Uh, and a couple showed up at, after me as well. I would, I would say, yeah, probably half a dozen or so while I was there. And all of them were great too. They were all super pumped. Uh, and I heard from lots of other owners outside of the immediate Bay Area here who went down and volunteered at their local store or their delivery center as well. And it, so it really looks like this, this went pretty far and wide. Um, I'll just say uh, some common learnings over the course of my four hours that I did give to Tesla. I gave to the manager and uh, the other manager, the, both managers there that I was dealing with. There were The common things were both autopilot related, at least uh, that I sussed out in that time. Pretty much everybody was surprised to learn that you had to turn the autopilot functions on. Even if they bought it, they, they, even if they ordered the car with it, it was off by default. So auto, auto steer was turned off, auto lane change off, summon off, all that stuff was turned off. So I had to go in and turn that on. Uh, and then the other thing also related to autopilot was I, I said, to, I asked everybody did, just to let you know, you know, you, this isn't going to work when you pull out of here. It, there is a calibration period of about 30 to 50 miles for the, for the ultrasonic sensors and the cameras. And again, everyone, every 100% of the people that I talked to about that were, were surprised. None of them have been, had been told that. None of them had, had known that, which isn't their fault. So I, I passed that feedback along to Tesla because that just seems like a thing. I mean, think about it. If you, if you weren't doing things like listening to this podcast or reading forums or, or anything else. If you were just, you know, you were just excited about your car, you just ordered your car, you ordered it with autopilot, and then you pull out of the lot and nothing's turned on and nothing's calibrated and you go to use it and it's it's not working, it's not there, that would frustrate you probably or confuse you at, at the very least. And you'd probably call uh, and and ask about it and then they, you'd have to get it explained to you. And that's an inefficient use of Tesla's time and a, and a, you know, not a great thing to do to the customer. So hopefully that's a thing. Hopefully Tesla can take that feedback. Uh, I'll give them feedback again. So I'm going to go back tomorrow, uh, which will be yesterday or, or even further in the past, uh, when most of you hear this. So I went last Saturday, I'm going to go again, this Saturday, tomorrow, the, the 29th, on the second to last day of the quarter, and uh, another another four hours. I'm going to aim to be there midday, like 11 to eleven to 3.30 or so, 11 to 4. So that, I'm really looking forward to that. And I just, I do want to, again, just give a shout out to the proper Tesla clubs, such as the Northern California Reno, the NorCal Reno group, who have been working for a while on a what they call a co-pilot program for this exact kind of thing of volunteering to help new owners get initiated with their cars, get get uh, onboarded with their cars, and they they've been really setting up a formal program to do this through with Tesla at the stores. 
So, you know, they're working on that nice formal structure that should make it a smoother experience both for you and for Tesla uh, and in turn, most importantly, for new owners. So uh, if you're interested in doing this again next quarter, because again, I, as I said last week, I think Tesla is probably going to uh, welcome the help again, because again, Q3 and Q4 are these huge priority, you know, these, these pillars of profitability that have got to happen here, Q3 and Q4. So uh, I know I would love to help again, but I encourage uh, everyone, which I, and I'm going to do this, Reach out to your local club if you have one. And if you don't, that's that's another story. But, uh, you know, here in the Bay Area, I, I definitely want to uh, look to try and do this through through the club channel that's already working on it. And, uh, you know, just so that, again, hopefully it's a better experience for everyone. But really had a great time. Uh, lucky that we had just plenty of sunshine. And everybody was super nice. I got some follow-up tweets. I got, uh, it was just, it was great to share in that moment with those new owners. And I, it just, it gave me joy to help inform people and, and teach them and, and show them all the cool things that their new car can do. So I'm, I'm stoked to go back tomorrow. That's why it's like, it's further motivation to get the podcast done. I mean, I, I always do it on Friday night unless circumstances conspire against me otherwise. But now, you know, I, I get the, I'll finish the podcast tonight and then I can wake up, take care of my morning responsibilities with Daisy and, and the family. And then I'll head on over back to Fremont to do this again. So uh, if you happen to be <laughs> taking delivery, maybe I'll see you there. There's a lot of deliveries happening, so it could happen. I, I met one listener last week who was taking delivery, just caught him, caught him right as he was uh, sorting out his delivery. So it, it can happen. Uh, anyway... On a, on a similar note, I mentioned this a little bit, but uh, just, you know, while I was in Fremont, like I said, my car was at Immaculate Reflections, and I was getting. And by follow up, I guess I should clarify, I was getting my center console wrapped. Uh, I had, I went with after talking to Jeff at Immaculate Reflections, I went with a a clear a satin clear film that uh, so it'll retain the look. You know, the the black shows through it. But it's it takes the gloss away, and so it's no more fingerprints and no more scratches. And I have to say, uh, again, I, you know, you're welcome to take this with a grain of salt if you like, because as I've said, Jeff and I do have an arrangement where he he gave me a, a nice discount on my detail work. But I can tell you that I, I he ended up he did a great job on the center console. I'm really really happy about it. Um, again, for me, I had I I'd, I'd heard before I got my Model Three that that you basically could look at the center console wrong and it'll scratch. And I found that because I was keeping my car very clean. And by the time I got it to Jeff at Immaculate Reflections last weekend for that center console wrap, it had a couple little scratches on that, on that piano black, uh, glossy finish. So I, I uh, if you are, if that's something that you, you might, uh, that it might annoy you like it annoy, annoys me might want to consider getting some kind of wrap. There are a million different, you know, some people have gone with a carbon fiber, you know, uh, wrap, just a, or a, you know, a white. I've seen people do white too, to match the white interior, if you've got a white interior. So whatever you want to do, uh, it's, it'll, it's, it could be, could look good. I, I really like the look of mine. Anyway, so I was the next morning, the next morning after having the car back at the detailer, I'm driving Daisy to her 
canine good citizen class. She is, uh, I think I might have mentioned this last week. I don't know, but we're she's she's now in the final steps towards. So she's in the training class to try and get to the test and get the certification to be a pet assisted therapy dog through the SPCA, like Maggie was. And so we're, I'm just going down a, a San Francisco city street, 25 miles an hour, not even fast in any way, shape, or form. And I just hear a clunk that sounded bad. I look in my rear view and I see some black object, not super huge, but like rolling to the side of the, the road. And I'm like, uh-oh, I uh, hope that's, hope that didn't get me. Hope that was just the underside of the car. I get to the SPCA and I get out and sure enough, whatever it was, it got me. There was an inch long gash in the paint protection film on the lower part of the front passenger door. So I was a little bummed, but also totally relieved in the sense that the film, I had the film there on the whole car. The film did exactly what it's supposed to do. It saved me from paint damage right there. So yes, I have to get the door redone now with the film, but I would much, much, much rather that than have paint damage, because that that would be, if not, maybe it's monetarily a wash, I don't know, but just as far as the quality and consistency of the paint finish, I would rather repair film than paint. So, <sighs> baby's first boo-boo, and I've only had the car, there's only two, not even 2,000 miles on the car yet. Oh boy, city life, my goodness. All right, let's get to the rest of the news proper here. And I open with the, the absolute huge story of the week that broke here at the end of the week. Uh, and don't worry, there'll be there's fun stuff after this. I'm getting this big, not as fun story out of the way now. So as you may have heard, the Securities and Exchanges Commission, the SEC, has filed a lawsuit against Elon Musk specifically over his privatization maneuver with Tesla that ultimately, of course, did not happen. This is, uh, I'll read you the, the text here via Bloomberg, credit to them here. They say, moving with unusual speed, the SEC said in a lawsuit filed in New York that Musk misled investors by, cl by claiming falsely that he had lined up funding for the transaction. The SEC said it's seeking unspecified monetary penalties and more importantly will request that a judge bar Musk from serving as an officer or director of a public company. Now, in a follow-up, Tom Randall of Bloomberg, uh, who is a, an excellent reporter, has done very even-handed, very good stuff. He had a, I, I reported, I told you about an interview he did with Elon eh, a month or two ago now, maybe something like that. But Tom uh, said that CNBC reports that the SEC uh Settlement that Musk rejected, yes. So there was a settlement offer on the table that was all set to go, and Elon rejected it at the last minute. Uh, in fact, bef uh, bef so that, that settlement that CNBC clarifies says that it would have barred Musk from serving as chairman of Tesla, but not barring him from the CEO position. So uh, the SEC... This comes via the Wall Street Journal now, uh, and my friends Caleb, Caleb and Mike, who gave me the heads up on this. 
The SEC had crafted a settlement with Mr. Musk approved by the agency's commissioners that it was preparing to file Thursday morning when Mr. Musk's lawyers called to tell the SEC lawyers in San Francisco that they were no longer interested in proceeding with the agreement. Uh, Stephanie uh, Avakian, the co-director of the SEC's Enforcement Division, said this at a press conference in Washington about the lawsuit. Quote, Musk's statements were false and misleading. They lacked any basis in fact. Uh, Elon, after rejecting the settlement and now choosing to fight to clear his own name, said this, quote, This unjustified action by the SEC leaves me deeply saddened and disappointed. I have always taken action in the best interests of truth, transparency, and investors. Integrity is the most important value in my life, and the facts will show I never compromise this in any way. The Tesla board, backing Elon all the way in a statement saying, quote, Tesla and the board of directors are fully confident in Elon, his integrity, and his leadership in the company, which has resulted in the most successful U.S. auto company in over a century. Our focus remains on the continued ramp of Model 3 production and delivering for our customers, shareholders, and employees. So uh, this is obviously very serious. This is not a joke. This is an extraordinarily serious matter given those potential consequences of Elon uh, facing a restricted role within the company or potentially worse uh, if, if things were to go as far south as possible. But to me, the fact that Elon backed out of that settlement at the last minute suggests that he thinks that he can clear his name. Uh, a, se a sentiment, by the way, that was echoed by his statement that I just read you. And quite frankly, the board of directors, they gave a very, could not have been more clear cut about their vote of confidence too. And I mean, the reality is, Yes, let's, I mean, let's, let's not, I'm not going to uh, be unrealistic here. This should have never happened. We sh I should not be talking about this right now because if Elon had simply vetted this plan and this idea with the Tesla legal team and all of the people behind the scenes before going public with it, then this would have never happened. Uh, and, you know, it would have just gone, they would have looked into it Obviously, they would have learned that it was not the way to go, and they would have just moved on on the public. No, neither the public nor investors would have been uh, you know, the wiser for it. So it is what it is. My, my personal suspicion, I'm not a lawyer, I, I'm not an expert in this, but given uh, the, the sort of players involved and, and what the accusation is, I think that there is probably a good chance that Elon is going to have to pay some kind of fine. I don't know if that's a million dollars. I don't know if that's $10 million. I don't know if that's more. But that is how I personally predict that this will end. And, you know, again, I've told you all a million times, I am a Tesla fanboy. I give them the benefit of the doubt. I believe the company, I believe Elon has earned that. Because on that note, in, in the years that I've been closely covering and following Elon and Tesla, I do think Elon is a, is a human being, a, a business person that has, that does act with integrity. 
He's not a person. I don't, I don't believe for a moment that Elon did this privatization tweet and, and did this whole thing in a, in a, in a way to, I don't think he was trying to mislead or anyone or game the system or do anything, uh, illegal or immoral or, or, you know, under the table in any way, shape or form. I really genuinely don't think that I do think that he was sincere. I think he was naive in, you know, thinking, Oh, it'll just, I just want to be transparent and post this should have gone through someone in his company. Just rant, you know, talk to, talk to the, the powers that be your fellow executive team and, and what have you. But I don't believe for a minute that he, uh, he, acted maliciously here. And so I do believe that this will all work out in the end. Could take a while. I don't know how long this could go on, but I'm not particularly worried. It's it's another black mark on Elon's public record, his reputation. Uh, in this case, many of those black marks, I think, are unfair. This is a fair one. But so th- in that regard, it's not good. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, uh, a, a strike against him and the company by, by reflection as well, by uh, extension. But again, it is what it is, and I do think that they'll get through it okay. Let's move on to happier topics. That being version 9 of the Tesla software, due to roll out to all cars very soon. In fact, I was uh, tipped off by a Tesla source that this, this could quite seriously be imminent. I mean, by the time you guys hear this, I'm recording it, very late Friday night, uh, it may you may very well have gotten the prompt to install it by the time you hear this show. Like that's how I, I was given a, uh, some information about it, and it sh- really should be barring any last minute bugs. Uh, it should be publicly being pushed out. You know, it's in the testers' hands now, and that's what I'm going to tell you about. Is everything we've learned about it uh, due in large part? I want to give a shout out to a listener of this show. Uh, his name is Mark. Benton, he uh, he's posting all kinds of good stuff, and uh, he deserves a special shout out here. And so, from those testing cars, those tester cars, and from Mark specifically, we learned a lot. Elon on Tuesday of this past week said this on Twitter: "Going over final tweaks tonight, hopefully in wide release at the end of the week." Which uh, is, I was told, the same thing. So. Uh, the, what we, what I can tell you from Mark's pictures and, and the information that we've gleaned here, by the way, I hope Mark doesn't <laughs> lose his beta tester access for all the posts he's been making. I, I would suspect not, or else he wouldn't be doing it. But So what's in this release? This is quite simply a gigantic release as far as new features go. S and X are getting a whole new look. That's for starters. But uh, for everyone, everyone is getting... The drive-on nav, that that uh, enhanced autopilot feature, which is now officially called Navigate on Autopilot. So maybe, I don't know if we're going to call that NOA as our abbreviation from now on or what, but... And you will be able to babysit this if you want by approving its lane changes before it makes them, if you want. And I would say, personally... I think I'm going to babysit it for a little while, at least at first, until I can get a good feel for how well this does or does not work in its initial release. 
So we're getting that. We are also getting the dash cam. And the dash cam, what's interesting about this, you need a FAT32 formatted USB stick to plug into the car. Uh, and uh, apparently, f at least for now, it only is going to work when the car is in use. It's not just going to run all the time and record when the car is off. So one quick thing, though. FAT32, its maximum file size is 4 gigabytes. I, want, I hope that's not going to be a problem with this because I, I, I don't know how large the file sizes are going to be with this. But um, we'll, I guess we'll figure that out. Hopefully I'll maybe, I might be able to address that next week. But uh, elsewhere, uh, the side cameras are finally in use. Yes, after two years, actually just, yeah, almost exactly two years since Autopilot 2 was announced and rolled out. The side cameras are now finally being put to use. So the on-screen render of the cars around you, it, which is in the instrument cluster if you're in a Model S or Model X, or the left side of the screen if you're in a Model 3, those uh, cars around you will, will now show all around you. You'll be able to see the, those renders to the side of the car, to the rear of the car as well, all around the car, and... The, now every single other vehicle won't be rendered as a generic Model S render. It's It can distinguish and assign... Uh, there'll be big trucks, there'll be semi-trucks, there'll be motorcycles, and there are even pedestrians. It even renders little people. So that is super cool. Can't wait to see that. And it gets better... Here's a feature that a lot of us have been wanting for a long time. I certainly have been hoping for this since well before I took delivery of my car. Blind spot monitoring. Yes. Uh, it's. I, I really think this is just a critical feature. It is something that many, many other cars have. Uh, ones both at, above, and below the Model 3, Model S, and Model X class. Like this... There are many cars of all, all price tags that have blind spot monitoring, and now uh, the Teslas will get them. So here's how that's going to work. And again, a hat tip to my friends Caleb and Mike for, for uh, they're, they're, they are how I learned of this information. So this is from the release notes, quote, to improve safety and increase confidence when changing lanes, the lane line on the touchscreen, that's in the Model 3, of course, if it's in the SRX, it's going to be, you know, the, the lane line in your instrument cluster, uh, you know, with, the, with your car render in the middle of it. Uh, the lane line on the touchscreen now turns red when your signal is engaged and a vehicle or obstacle is detected in your target lane. Yes. Yes, that is awesome. I love that. Now, you do need to use your turn signal to get that benefit. Whereas in other manufacturers' implementation, it's you don't need a turn signal to have that work. So that is one little mini baby strike against Tesla's version of it here, at least for now. It could be iterated over time, of course. That's the beauty of these cars. But uh, what I what I would like to see is either a a chime, you know, a sound, uh, as an option to that as well. And 
or and or perhaps a vibration of the steering wheel because we know it can already do that because the the lane departure warning vibrates your steering wheel if it detects that you're you're you know moving out of your lane there uh, I keep mine turned off and I think most people tend to keep it turned off it tends I mean at least for me I find it to be a bit aggravating but uh, maybe that that steering wheel vibration could be put to use as part of the blind spot monitoring system but uh, also, so that's not even it. That's, those are the big guns, in my opinion. Here's what else is in this update. Atari games, you knew about those. And on the, uh, the Model 3 specifically, calendar, which S and X already have, integration of your calendar. The energy screen, uh, by the way, shout out to Rich in Seattle, who had called in this past week lamenting the Model 3's lack of the energy screen, which of course the S and the X have always had. So the Model 3 now getting that screen, you'll be able to really get a good look at, at your energy usage. Uh, for if you if you just like looking at that or or can you know you you just what you want to use that information however possible, it is now going to be there for you. So uh, that's in there. And one other feature coming over from S and X. The web browser being added to the Model 3 after, let's see, uh, what, 15 months, well, no, 14 months after the car originally, quote-unquote, released. We now get a web browser in the Model 3, and since it's on MCU 2, the newer chip, should be nice and zippy, unlike the original web browser in, uh, in SNX. Of course, that, that same thing also applies to new SNXs that have that new processor as well. So that is a ton of new features. I mean, think about that for a second. Today, if you don't already have V9, your car does what it does. And, it, and odds are, your Tesla has probably already added features since you took delivery of it, unless you just took delivery like a week ago. In fact, even then, you still might have if you, if you took an update, it might have added something for you. But think about it. And when you take this update, it is going to, you've added now a dash cam, a huge autopilot feature, blind spot monitoring, Atari video games. And then again, if you're a, a whole new look, if you're SNX, and if you're Model 3, you get the calendar, the web browser, and the energy screen added as well. That is, think about how much, that's a ton of stuff that will get added to your car literally overnight from, or less, maybe, you know, maybe you're just going to do it and in, in an hour, you know, if you sit there for an hour, it's done and you now have all those features in your car. That is pretty incredible, if you ask me. I mean, this, this is a, a feature-packed release. And we know, too, that uh, 9.1 is going to get a, uh, more feature-rich version of dash cam. The, the, the dash cam that's, that's uh, part of 9.0 is a, is a basic version. So 9.1, Elon, had, you know, I told you last week, Elon mentioned to me on Twitter that there's going to be more, uh, more features to that in 9.1. So huge update. I can't wait to get it. Hopefully, by the time I go to record next week's show, I'll have it and can tell you more about it for those of you who either haven't gotten it yet, or if you are waiting delivery on your car and you want to hear some impressions, I'll hopefully be able to talk about that on next week's show. Uh, a listener to this of this podcast, a gentleman by the name of Chris Barker, I bring him up because Chris 
was having trouble getting his Model 3 in time for the expiration of his Model S lease. He'd, he'd had it all lined up. And I'll tell you, Chris, he wrote to me, he was at his wit's end, so he decided to tweet Elon Musk about it. And he was fortunate enough that Elon not only replied to him, but uh, magically, <laughs> Chris's problem got squared away. He let me know in an email. Now, the reason I bring that up is not just to share that excellent moment for Chris, but I wanted to also share with you what else Elon said to Chris, because I've noticed, forget who I was talking to about this recently, but Elon has an interesting and very welcome habit, at least with me and obviously here with other, with other people too. Elon tends to answer, if he answers your question, he'll give you the answer, usually a fairly clear answer, but he'll also, he, he has a thing about, he tends to volunteer other information either about something tangentially related or just about that same topic that tells you even more than you were curious about in the first place. And I love that. And that's what happened here. So uh, as part of Chris being unable to get his car, Elon said, quote, Apologies, we're upgrading our logistics system, but running into an extreme shortage of car carrier trailers. Started building our own car carriers this weekend, meaning last weekend, to alleviate the load. So Chris uh, checks in on his car and ends up getting a little scoop about Tesla building their own car carriers as part of this end of quarter push. So I'm wondering if anybody can help me out on this because I'm going, wait, what? How do you do that? Like, are you using scrap metal from around the factory to assemble car carriers? I I genuinely don't understand how, like, I get why they're doing it, but I don't quite get how. Like, is the general assembly team out there uh, constructing these? Like, help me out here, my friends. I mean, this is cool in that Tesla is once again just engineering solutions to problems rather than letting those problems defeat them. And, uh, but <laughs> this seems out of left field, though, even for them. Like, this this is a, a weird one even for them. So, I don't know. I, I'd be curious if anyone has any good explanations about, about, like, sort of how they could have logistically done this. But uh, on a related note, just real quick, while we're talking about audience members who've had issues with their cars... I, I've got so many Ride the Lightning phone calls this week, which is great. I'm so grateful for that. But I just couldn't get to the call from Bill in Sterling, Virginia. So just a quick shout out to Bill, who called in. Uh, I mentioned him last week. He was having quite an ordeal getting his car. He called in and left a very happy message that he finally got his car this week. So Bill in Sterling, Virginia, congratulations. I'm glad that there was a happy ending to that story. Final note this week before I move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline is that uh, we should get quarterly numbers in time for next week's podcast, which, as I've been hammering on just like Elon and Tesla have, it's so critical since Elon's been targeting Q3 this quarter, the one that's just ending, as the start of profitability for Tesla. So it is going to be uh, all eyes 
will be on those delivery and production numbers, and we'll see what Tesla has to say. I should have more for you on that on next week's show. Before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline, here is Gerard calling in with his volunteer experience from Fremont uh, last Sunday. So sadly, we didn't cross paths, but he wanted to call in and share that. So I thought I'd play that, and that'll take us right in to the rest of the calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. So here's Gerard, and I'll be right back after that. Hey, Ryan. I saw your Twitter exchange with Elon about the current owners offering help with the end-of-quarter deliveries. So last Sunday, I headed over to Fremont, and what an awesome experience that was. Since I have a limited spousal allowance on my Tesla talk at home, which is, I think, why you started this podcast in the first place, um, it was just a great opportunity to share my passion for the cars, for Tesla's mission with folks who actually wanted to hear about it. Um, All the Tesla employees, they were very nice, appreciative, and all the soon-to-be owners were just super impressed by all the volunteers taking time out of their weekend to come teach them about the cars and get them on their way. We even had one guy who recently took delivery of his Model 3, and he was there helping new owners. So I thought that was very cool. And we just we gave these folks a delivery story that will probably make them stronger advocates in the future. So while it might be a little late for this quarter, by the time folks get this, it's probably going to be just as crazy at the end of the year in case anyone else wants to help out. And maybe we can spend a little time getting better mobilized. Um, I've seen some checklists and scripts popping up on the forums that could be helpful. Now, I know that you don't want to take credit for all of this, but you certainly did escalate the the message through Elon and get it out there. Um, And I think that made a huge difference. And just wanted to say great job. And maybe I'll see you there this coming weekend. And one last thing, I uh, just converted my day one reservation into a stealth P3D. So now I feel pretty prepared for the delivery. Keep up the great work, Ryan. Cheers. All right. Thank you, Gerard. And welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your time to shine here on the podcast. If you've got a Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic, I encourage you, call in. You can do that in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and uh, keep that to a minute, minute and a half call. That would be perfect. And email that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call toll-free to the Ride the Lightning hotline and just leave a message. Again, minute, minute and a half tops would be perfect. The toll-free number is one 989 8752. That's 1 989 TSLA. And so the plug here for lifeonrecord.com, of course, is this. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted if you want to do uh, something like I do with them, or you can put them onto a keepsake. So check them out if you are curious. First up, we've got Andy in Orangeburg, New York, who wanted to talk about those retired paint colors, started to mention uh, one or two shows back. Andy, you're on the air. 
Hi, this is Andy from Orangeburg, New York, New York City suburbs. With regard to retired paint colors, I can think of two more colors. The original, uh, metallic gray, also known as dolphin gray, uh, was much lighter gray with a bluish hue. Uh, it was replaced by steel gray mid-2014, and I uh, believe renamed to uh, current midnight silver metallic. Another retired color was the original metallic blue, which uh, which was very dark, like a navy blue. It was replaced by deep ocean blue and quickly renamed to a deep blue metallic that we see today. Uh, thanks for a great show. I uh, love your enthusiasm. Thank you, Andy. And yeah, I'm glad you called in about this because right after I recorded that show, I realized that I forgot a few. So the full list of retired Tesla colors, and this is, again, excluding the original Roadster because that had its own deal. That was all Lotus, really. You've got Signature Red. Of course, that was planned to go away from the start. But still, Sig Red, Green, Brown, Dolphin Gray, as you mentioned, Metallic Blue, as you mentioned, the Basic White, the Solid White, Titanium Metallic Silver, Obsidian Black Metallic, and by the way, Metallic Silver, which is the ninth one on this list, has been retired twice now. This is the second time that it's been shown the door at Tesla. So nine colors that are no longer in use, which is uh, almost twice as many as the ones as, as they are actually using right now. So that's a lot of retired paint colors. Hopefully we'll get some new ones back in the fold here in the next year or two after uh, profitability is, is uh, sustained and, and everything kind of calms down. Our next caller is Elizabeth from Los Gatos, who has a Bluetooth concern with her Tesla. Elizabeth, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Elizabeth from Los Gatos. Just calling to, just kind of with a comment, and wondering if any of your listeners or anyone that you've chatted with have um, had any complaints about people not being able to hear you when you're talking on the phone using the overhead Bluetooth um, with your phone. Um, my, I had a like a Ford Flex before, and I would always call my mom on the way home from work, and she could hear me crystal clear. And every time I'm on the freeway, um, she, she I can barely hear you. There's so much noise. So just wondering if, um, if anyone's heard of, of this problem. I, I don't even know where the microphone is. Uh, but just add that comment. So uh, let me know, and thanks again for the great podcast. Bye. Thank you for the call, Elizabeth. And uh, Regis, I'd like to use my Ask the Audience, please. Any who wants to be a millionaire fans out there? Uh, here's the thing, Elizabeth, I'm actually not sure. I have heard plenty of people call into this show from their Teslas. You can tell because you can hear the very distinct Tesla turn signal sounds sometimes. Uh, and generally, those calls come through pretty well. Uh, as for, I've actually only used the used it in my car once so far uh, to call my wife, and she didn't say anything about it one way or the other. So I've got to figure it couldn't have been too bad. Well, let's see. Let's see if anybody out there has any tips for you. Next up, we've got Mike in Silver Spring, Maryland, has uh, concerns about his delivery delay and wanted to talk about that. So, Mike, the floor is yours. Hi, Ryan. This is Mike in Silver Spring, Maryland. So 
I'm looking down on what should be the parking space for my Model 3 tomorrow, but I know now that that's not going to happen. Um, my scheduled delivery is still on the website for tomorrow, but after calling Tesla, they informed me that um, because I don't have a VIN assigned, the car doesn't even exist yet. And it's incredibly frustrating because um, I'm one of the lucky ones who's paying cash for the car, and I don't really need a car until I take delivery. But I have to imagine a lot of people are selling their vehicles in anticipation of taking delivery, only to be informed as little as 18 hours before delivery that it's not going to happen. It just seems very, um, in many ways, reckless on Tesla's part. And I'm wondering why the process is so opaque. Um, I'm curious if there are any good reasons for it other than just being disorganized. Uh, thanks for a great podcast. Well, I hate to go two in a row on this, but uh, I, I don't have the answer to your question, Mike. And the thing is, though, in this case, nobody does except for Tesla. And I'm sorry to hear that your delivery day has been pushed back and that that process has been stressful. I mean, that's not what you want. I mean, for me, even though I did end up getting my car on time, you heard it if you listen to my uh, delivery show, it still came down to the wire and ended up being a pretty stressful time up to when I actually saw the car in Fremont and knew it was there. Like, it was causing me stress. Uh, now, my general impression, without having any inside knowledge of how Tesla actually works with this stuff, is that they're delivering cars just so much faster than they can currently keep up with from an organizational level. I mean, if if we go back, as I like to do, that I, I talk about all the time, the 10,000-foot view, pull back. If we go back to the days before Model 3, cases like yours were, I feel, much fewer and farther between. The S and the X were at a pretty, they've been at a pretty steady 2,000 cars per week combined for quite a while. And in what is the, in the grand scheme of things, a blink of an eye, Tesla's gone up to 7,000 cars per week and they're inching towards 8,000 total cars per week. That has simply got to be a challenge. And, and of course, I'm sure Tesla knows the situation. They're not oblivious to it. It's up to the leadership team at Tesla to work through the flaws in their system and get them fixed. I mean, of course, I'm sure they're doing their best, but hey, you know what? That's not an excuse. I'm not going to make excuses for them on that. They need to do better. They need to fix this soon, or else what's going to happen is they're going to get off on the wrong foot with a whole lot of their own customers, which is just not going to do them any favors, and it's it's certainly not going to do their customers any favors. So here's hoping that uh, you know there is change happening behind the scenes, and it'll start to happen either right before our very eyes or without us even seeing it. That either way works as long as it gets done. Jeremy from Columbus uh, wants to talk about autopilot, so let's hear from him. Jeremy, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Jeremy from Columbus calling you from my uh, beautiful Model 3 named Carmen, C-A-R-M-3-N. She's all black and red like Carmen San Diego. The reason why I'm calling is because I've noticed that over the last two weeks I've gotten uh, three, or over the last several weeks I've gotten three minor, quote-unquote, minor updates um, while I'm sleeping. 
Uh, and it just says minor bugs and fixes. However, I've noticed that autopilot is handling dramatically better than it did before these small updates. Um, a couple of things that I've noticed is that uh, my Tesla is slowing down automatically when getting off of the off-ramps of freeways as opposed to trying to do 70 around these corners. It's actively slowing down and it's speeding up once it hits the corner. Also, I've noticed that uh, my car is a lot more aggressive with lane changing. Uh, she'll speed up in order to get in front of a car or sometimes even slow down in order to get behind the car once I turn the turn signal on. I was wondering if I was the only one that had noticed this or if this is something that's fleet-wide, which I'm guessing it is. I think that all of these small updates um, that they're doing for autopilot are kind of leading up to the big update that should be happening towards the end of this month, or I guess, you know, at the very end of this month for autopilot version 9. Let me know what you think. Thanks. And there you go. Almost on cue. There's a caller calling in from their Tesla. But you're absolutely right, Jeremy. The features and characteristics that you're talking about are leading us to that drive-on nav in version 9. I have to say, I've said this before, but I have been really pleasantly surprised at just how organic autopilot feels. Sure, yes, I've had a few instances where it's hit the brakes a bit on the freeway for no, no good reason. Uh, really, one one specific one comes to mind. There have been a couple other little parts where it, it hasn't braked quite the way I want. But uh, anyway, yes, it, it will slow in the freeway curves according to that interchange ramp's reduced speed limit. And I've, I've noticed that it seems to be getting very good at knowing when to slow down when someone merges in front of me. And when not to, like it's, it seems to know if someone's kind of coming in to get up to speed or just like cutting over and it needs to slow down. So, uh, I, I just got the most recent minor update that actually lets you answer autopilot nags by manipulating the scroll wheels on your, either one on your steering wheel as proof that your hands are on the wheel. So, uh, I'm with you though. Bring on version nine. I cannot wait to get it. There's so much new cool stuff in it. It's gonna, it should be fantastic. Robert from the Bay Area is next, who has a uh, sort of a, a head-scratcher slash feature request. So, Robert, talk to me. Ryan, this is Robert Foy from the Bay Area. I had left a message before about Body Shop. Uh, I'd like to leave you a quick message on two topics. One is, why doesn't Tesla let you update the software in the car through the app? Many times I'm traveling and I get the software update notice and it'd be great just to be able to hit a button and go ahead and start the software update so it's done when I get back from traveling. Uh, and the second thing is I really enjoyed your comments about dropping your Tesla off and then going back into a Nissan Altima, uh, a gasoline car. Every time my family and I are forced to rent a gasoline car, the experience is, again, nothing against the cars themselves. They're put together really well, but it's just a completely different experience and very, very difficult to get back to. Uh, and I have the same issues of leaving my keys in the car and not turning the car off and uh, not having the pickup that I'd like. Uh, great show. Thanks for everything. Bye. Hey, Robert. Uh, yes, I am hoping that Tesla will solve that little first world problem soon. More electric loaner cars at the service centers, please, <laughs> please. As to your first question, 
I have good news for you, and I saved this specifically for this call. I hope people actually listen to the Ride the Lightning Hotline and don't bail out because there's this little extra piece of the V9 software that I didn't mention then because it makes perfect sense to mention now, and it is this, Robert. V9 does exactly what you want. Your wish has been granted. You will be able to start updates from your phone uh, so you don't have to be back at the car. So that is that is a thing that is coming. And of course, <laughs> ironically, you're going to have to wait for the version 9 software to hit your car and go up, hit it in your car before you can actually get that feature. But from now on, it is indeed going to be there for you. Tina in Connecticut wants to talk about the line waiter gift for Model 3. Uh, I know, I haven't thought about this in a while. Tina, talk to me. Hi, Ryan. This is Tina from Connecticut. Um, I took delivery of my Model 3 on September 12th, which is the day after my birthday. Uh, it's been great, uh, except I was disappointed when I went to Mount Kisco, New York to pick it up that they didn't have any more of the die-cast um, models that was supposed to be the gift for the day one reservation holders. Instead, they gave sketches of the S and the X, which I already have. Um, so just wondering if you think there's a chance I could still get my die-cast model. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. It's funny, Tina. Someone else also asked me about the die-cast car recently. I confess, I completely forgot about it on my delivery day. Because like I was telling you earlier in the show, I had, you know, if you remember back, I had a lot of stress that day about getting my payment done. And then once that was finally that, once that weight came off my shoulders, I had like, I don't know, an hour or two tops before it was time to leave for Fremont. So I just didn't even think about it. Now, I'm just relieved and happy that I that I finally got my car after <laughs> after uh, you know two plus years on the reservation list and planning and waiting and daydreaming about it for longer than that. But to your question, I have heard that they ran out of them a long time ago. But if you haven't already asked the store manager where you took delivery, I would uh, politely recommend doing that. You could also email your inside delivery advisor who probably works internally at, at uh, Tesla in Fremont. Uh, or, and also, if you've had a delivery specialist on site, you could maybe ask them as well. I, I, would, just, I would ask around, see what you can find, if you, if you haven't done so already. Um, if, if so, I'm not quite sure what else to say, except they probably did run out, I suppose. But regardless, good luck. I hope you're able to get your hands on that die-cast Model 3. We've got here uh, still a few more phone calls. Daniel in Salt Lake City has a, a couple of annoyances from his Model S. Let's see if I can help him out at all. Daniel, go ahead. Hey, what's up, Ryan? This is Daniel calling in from Salt Lake City, Utah. Love your show. You're very likable and relatable, and I love your passion for Tesla. I wanted to share my experience. Now, I've been a student my whole life and a Tesla fan for years, and I don't know about you, but I've logged onto the Tesla website countless times to build a car. Sometimes it's an affordable car and sometimes it's my dream car. I recently finished school and decided to pull the trigger and in a moment of weakness, which I'm still probably in, decided to buy my dream car. So I got the P100D, red multi-coat with the arachnid wheels, black premium interior and the premium sound system. And they delivered it to my house. 
I know you'd had a question on that earlier, and it seems like it's up to the local delivery center if they have the time, the will, and the manpower. Ryan, I love this car. It feels like I'm driving missile, and I still giggle every time I launch. So when it came time to naming it, I chose the name Jupiter, both after the planet because of my love for space and after the Jupiter missile. Two comments. First, I wanted to get your thoughts on the auto steering function. It feels like it sits slightly to the right in the lane. I've had my wife follow me and even confirm this. I wish we could recalibrate it. It's not bad when driving in the right lane, but when in the left lane and with the car to the right, it feels like it gets a bit close. The other thing I don't love is when it's taking corners, it seems to drift a bit too close to the outside lane marker. I've had to take over a couple times on tight corners when it got way too close to the oncoming car. Second, I took it to the drag strip last weekend and it performed wonderfully. But I have one suggestion and maybe you could pass this on to Elon. Launch mode only holds for a few seconds and then deactivates. I had two runs where the guy next to me was taking a little bit longer to position himself and right before I was about to launch, the launch mode deactivated. My suggestion is that once you get launch mode enabled and are holding only the brake, that launch mode remain enabled until letting go of the brake instead of only for a limited number of seconds. Anyway, Ryan, love this show. Keep up the great work and we'll be here with you every week. I really appreciate the kind words, Daniel. And yes, I have designed many a Tesla on the design studio before I actually got the opportunity to design my my real car that I that I bought. Congratulations on that P100D. That, my friend, is quite a graduation present to yourself. That's I love it. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying it with some uh, fun out on the drag strip. You're going to hear about my first drag strip experience in a few minutes. Interestingly, uh, to get back to your questions, my car holds the center of the lane pretty well on autopilot. And I have to say, I also don't have the issue navigating curves that you seem to. I think I may have said this last week, but I've just been genuine. In fact, I might have even mentioned earlier in the show. I'm genuinely, truly surprised at just how good Autopilot has been so far. So you may want to contact your service center and ask them if if your cameras and sensors can be recalibrated. Uh, it's worth a try. And I have to say, your launch mode idea sounds quite plausible. I would think there's no reason not to switch it to the way you suggest, or at the very least, they could offer a toggle and an, you know, an option to make the launch mode timed or just held until you released it, as you suggested. You might want to try tweeting Elon about it if you, if you get a chance. Thanks again for the call, Daniel. Well, let's see, one, two, three more calls to round things off. Darren from Roanoke, Virginia has a couple of Model 3 questions. Darren, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Darren from Roanoke. Uh, now that I actually have my Model 3, I have two questions that maybe you or another owner can answer. Sometimes when I've been away from the car for several hours, like when I'm at work, um, I'll come up to the car and it unlocks with no problem, but it takes the screen about 10 seconds or so for it to come on. Um, it even lets me put it in reverse sometimes before the screen even comes on. Is that normal uh, to, like, conserve the battery power or something like that? Okay, so my second question is, uh, for you, when Maggie or Daisy is in the back of your car, 
does the car give you a warning that the rear seat is unbuckled? My dog likes to move from side to side looking at different things, and the warning light keeps coming on, and it's kind of annoying. So I was wondering if there was a way to turn that warning off. I guess I could just keep the seatbelts buckled underneath the, the seat cover when she's back there. But anyway, uh, thanks for the podcast. Uh, keep up the good work. Have a good one. Thank you, Darren. The answer to both of your questions is yes. It is normal for the car to go to sleep to conserve more power. And then you get that gray Tesla T logo screen as it wakes back up from that deep sleep. No need to worry about anything there. And yes, I also get the seatbelt unbuckled alert when Daisy is moving around in the back seat. It is really annoying. It, <laughs> I'll be honest, it is, you know, because it just keeps popping up on the center screen. It's pretty annoying. I wish there was something that I could do about that, but uh, just wanted to share in the, <laughs> the camaraderie of that issue with you and let you know that it's not just you. It's not a bug with your car. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Darren. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, two more calls. Adam is our penultimate caller for this week. He's from West Virginia, a longtime listener, first-time caller, and uh, also wanted to kind of do a sanity check on his Model 3 experience. So, Adam, let's see if I can help you. Hi, Ryan. I'm Adam from West Virginia. I'm a longtime listener, and this is my first call. I recently picked up a Tesla Model 3 non-performance all-wheel drive with 19-inch sport wheels. My question is I'm getting efficiency of about 280 watt-hours per mile between there and 300, and it's about 280 averaged over a little more than 2,000 miles. I'm worried because online I've seen a lot of Model 3s getting closer to 230 watt-hours per mile. So I wanted to know, is my lower efficiency due to my car build, or is there something else going on? I do try to drive efficiently, so I'm a little bit concerned. Thank you for everything you do and for everything you've done for the Tesla community. Thanks. Bye. Adam, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. Uh, so I think you're pretty well right where you're supposed to be. The 230s, 240s number that you quoted is achieved on rear-wheel drive Model 3s with the 18-inch wheels. Those are the most efficient Model 3s so far. We'll see if the standard range battery, uh, which should theoretically be lighter weight because it's a smaller battery pack and the battery pack is heavy, could end up being even more efficient. But the uh, dual motor cars whether they're performance or not, are hauling around a couple extra pounds in the form of that induction motor in the front of the car. More power, slightly less efficiency. Uh, your wheels are also a big contributor to that. You are seeing a penalty for your 19-inch wheels, less of a penalty than I'm taking with those exact same sport wheels in the 20-inch size, but you are taking a penalty relative to the 18s and thus relative to the EPA rating of the car. So you are good, and I hope that helps you uh, understand and, and clarify that a bit more. Our last call this week, the honor goes to Bennett in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who uh, has a, a really interesting forward-looking question that I thought would be, be fun to talk about. So Bennett, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. 
It's Bennett calling in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Just want to say I'm a huge fan of all your podcasts. I listen to IGN Unlocked, IGN Unfiltered, and of course, this one, the Tesla podcast. Um, I've been a fan of Tesla for a while. Uh, I'm actually originally from San Diego, so one of my favorite parts of going home is to see the sheer amount of Teslas that are there in California. It's great. Uh, I am 24 and currently in graduate school right now, so I'm just swamped in student loans. Um, So I I realistically probably won't even even be able to think about buying a Tesla for another 10 to 15 years. So my question is, what do you think the future of Tesla or EVs in general would look like in 10 to 15 years? And if you had to pick one thing that you would hope to see in that future, what would it be? Thanks for all your hard work, Ryan, and uh, keep up the good work. Bye. What a great question, Bennett. And thank you for the kind words as well. Everybody's been super extra nice this week. Uh, I have said this before, but I think Tesla is going to replace one of the quote-unquote big three American automakers by that time. And I have also said, I'll even go a step further, I think the one Tesla is going to replace is going to be Chrysler. And the reason I say that, it's not based on, I don't have any, really, this is just my gut talking from the notion that Chrysler seems to not care at all about electric cars. Chevy and Ford have both at least expressed a passing interest in electric vehicle technology. And the other part, the other reason I have that opinion is that outside of Ram trucks, I don't think Chrysler has anything going on. I mean, you really don't think of them much outside of the success of, of the Ram truck. Um, that's about it. I mean, so we'll see. I, I also think in that time that electric vehicles, the time you, you lay out, that EVs are going to be very affordable, that Model 4 at around $25,000, if I, if I had to guess. And supercharging rates will probably be lightning quick, if you'll, if you'll <laughs> pardon the phrasing on that. As for what I would want to see versus just what I what I think will happen. Uh, I would like to see the FUD go away, honestly. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see Tesla celebrated for helping usher in a new, better era of transport that is better for consumers, better for the environment. Uh, that, that would be my wish. We'll see uh, if you want to bookmark this episode... We'll you know, and come back to it in ten years or so. We'll see if if uh, if my wish comes true. Thanks to all of you for calling in. I sincerely appreciate the the participation. I really do believe it makes the podcast better. So again, if you would like to call in, there's so much to talk about. Between, I, I would love your volunteering stories. If you went and volunteered at a Tesla delivery center again, please try to keep it to a, a minute, even a minute and a half tops. Uh, would be fantastic because just the shows are so long. I don't have time for two, three, four, five-minute phone calls. But uh, your delivery experiences, if you want to react, of course, to this the SEC lawsuit, there is a lot going on. So you can call me again either by uh, recording a question on your smartphone and emailing that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number. And it's 
888-789-8752. Also, a quick reminder, if you are uh, supporting me at the $10 level or higher on Patreon, you've got yourself the next monthly bonus episode coming up, which is where all the extra fantastic Ride the Lightning phone calls go to be turned into uh, a bonus episode so that everybody's voice is getting heard and none of that none of that awesome stuff that you guys are kind enough to take the time out of your day to do goes to waste. So uh, the October episode, if it's not up this weekend, you know, like I said, I'm going to be at Tesla tomorrow and so I'm, I want to get to it this weekend, but if not, it will for sure be up next weekend. So look for that if you're uh, if you're with me on Patreon. All right, going to be right back, and I'm going to tell you all about my adventure at the drag strip right after this. All right, I don't want to take too much time on this because the show's already, at this point, an hour and 12 minutes, so it's going to be a bit longer by the time it's all said and done, but... Uh, I had never been to the drag strip with a car in my life before. Just have never had a car really capable or worthy of it. And I'd been wanting to do it. I'd, it'd be something, it was something that was on my Tesla bucket list, my, my wish list. And the Sacramento owners group, uh, specifically, shout out to Eli at My Tesla Adventure, as well as Zubin, uh, who is a fellow Bay Area Tesla owner. He has a P100D Model S. They invited me to be part of this. I, I ended up, I took the day off from work because I kind of had to, just to, there's a long drive, there's a lot of traffic up to, from the Bay Area to Sacramento, which is where the track was, and, and to get up there and then charge, all, like charge up as much as possible because in these performance Teslas, the, the higher the state of charge, the better the performance. So uh, it, was, it was a whole day, but boy, it was fun. I did record myself. Down the down, and I only got one run. It was packed at the drag strip, and then when we got there, there'd been there'd been some runs already, but somebody had like a windshield had fallen out of their car somehow, and and uh, they were the track was shut down so they could clean it. That took a while, so it, it got it was so packed it got so late. I only got to go once because I had a, I had an hour and a half drive back home on a weeknight, so. You know, it's, it's how, I just, if I got home at 2 a.m., I'd have been a, a zombie at work the next day. But anyway, so I got one run and I have to say, boy, uh, what a rush that was. Like I said, I did record it, but I'm not going to play the clip because it's, it's kind of embarrassing. It's me. Uh, I, I mean, not that I've been shy about playing embarrassing clips before, but it's just me yelling. And I don't know, I just, I don't think it's good audio really. Uh, so I'm not going to play it, but. I will tell you about it. I thought it was very fitting. So you don't know who you're going to get paired up against. And, and not that it's a race per se. You're really racing the clock. But they do send two cars, you know, side by side down the track at the same time. Quarter mile run. And uh, I thought it was sort of poetically fitting, given my DeLorean background and, and how much I you know, know and and uh, have a respect for what John DeLorean did in the in the automotive industry. I was matched up against the most recent incarnation, uh, and what what will prove to be the final incarnation since Pontiac is no more of the GTO. So it was the one from I guess what was that like 
10 years ago or so now. It was the Holden in Australia, the GTO, but you know, it's, you've, you've seen them, I'm sure. But uh, this car was heavily modified uh, and... You know, it, I was, I didn't even really think about the DeLorean connection and, you know, to me until later, but yeah, I thought it was sort of, sort of fitting that, you know, I kind of had that final, it was like the last handoff from my, from my, it was like John DeLorean from, from, from the afterlife, from heaven telling me, it's okay, enjoy your Tesla, you've, <laughs> you, you, I know you still have a place in your heart for the DeLorean and, uh, but it's okay. Enjoy your, your new, your new Tesla. So, uh, yeah, I got up there and I knew I would have adrenaline just surging. And sure enough, I was, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta inch up there and you gotta get right. You gotta get your front tire right between this, 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 this zone basically so that you're in the, in the box as it, as it were, I don't know if that's the official name of it, but that's what people call it. But, uh, so I get in there and I'm, and I'm, uh, my, um, I put my hill hold on and my foot's hovering over the accelerator and my foot, my right foot, it was shaking. Like I will not, I will convey, I was shaking. It was just cause it was, it wasn't fear. It was, it was just adrenaline. There was so much adrenaline. And so, you know, I'd been coached, uh, Zubin and and the team and the guys uh, and girls in the group had had sort of given me a lot of pointers and told me what to expect and what to do and what not to do, and so I'm just waiting and finally and then the 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 tree goes you know yellow 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 green and I I didn't get a great reaction time which I kind of didn't expect to on my very first try it was point hold on I have the I have the ticket here my reaction time was point four nine three which is uh, I guess okay, but I'm told not great. Uh, which so again, totally expected. But I'm just flooring it down the track. And I'm having, and it was all. It was a rush, man. It was cool. I get down there, and I can I see the GTO out of the corner of my eye, and it seemed like he was coming up on me towards the end of the run, which is typical, right? The EV, the the Tesla launches, just crushes it off the line. And then the you know it, it, the gas powered car tends to the, at least the right ones will will overtake you in time, and I thought he nudged me out, and I thought he nudged me out. So I get uh, I I come off the track, you know you may, you loop back around, you come up to the the booth, and you get your slip, which is the thing I was just reading, and I I did uh, I did eleven point eight three one seconds at 114.40 miles per hour, which is basically right what the, the P3D is supposed to do, about 11.8 seconds. Uh, the GTO next to me that I thought beat me, it was very close, but I nudged him out. He had a much better reaction time, 0.117, so he picked up almost four-tenths on me right there, but that's where the, the P3D had my back on, on that because I was, uh, quicker in every way after that, other than he did end up going faster than me, but I'd gotten out far enough ahead his time, 12.105 seconds. So I beat him by, uh, you know, about three, three tenths there. And he, yeah, he was 120 miles an hour versus my 114. But yeah, I, I, I wanted to win. I'm not going to lie. Like, it not that not that I'm like gonna be in a 
I'm not going to go like find the guy and be like, yeah, meet you. It's nothing like that. But just, you know, a little, my first time ever, it's like, of course I want to win. It'd be fun to win. So uh, I did get the victory by the slimmest of margins. It was such a great time. And I, I told you about the Draggy that I have, the little GPS device that connects to an app on your phone. And, and really, it turns out very accurately measures your performance. And so I did that. I ran the Draggy, uh, and because the Draggy was close to it, it's the Draggy said I did it in, uh, I think, 11.81. So the track said 8.831. So very close. And uh, now the, the, the track slip doesn't measure your zero to 60, but the Draggy does. And it clocked me at 3.56. Now I know I can do better than that because I've done better than that. I've, I've, uh, the one other time I used the draggy in that empty parking lot a while back that I told you about, I got a 3.49. So that's 0.07 seconds right there. So if I'd had, if I'd had done better off the line, better on a zero to 60, you know, I, I don't know if I, maybe I wasn't quite super straight and I had to just slightly course correct or what, but between if I get a better zero to 60 and a better reaction time, I absolutely could have cracked 11 sevens, uh, which is turns out from what, you know, I was one of the last people to go, you know, cause you can go over and over, but you know, we were waiting a long time and then they, you know, anyway, I was the one of the last to go. So I was just watching for a long, long time. 11, I mean, even my 11, eight beat that beats that beat probably, I don't know, at least two thirds of the cars that were there. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing what a bone stock Tesla and a completely inexperienced drag strip driver can can pull off in these cars. It's it's really something else. But uh, shout out to George, who has a a uh, copper. It's like a, a orange copper wrap that looks like paint on his P3D. This, he is, he is a, uh, he is a gentleman who is a bit older and his, he is such a track nut. He goes all the time. He loves it. His reaction time's like 0.01. He showed me the slip to prove it. His, like, he's got it down. He's got, he knows exactly when that light is turning green on that tree. And he, he ran an 11.7. And so it's just, yeah, hat tip to George. I don't know if he's going to hear this, but, uh, yeah, it was just fun. And then we, and then we went to, we went for pizza as a group afterwards. So the ton of Tesla's in the pizza place parking lot. And it was fun to just talk to everybody to, uh, I want to thank David for filming me. I, he got footage from up in the grandstand of my run, uh, took some pictures as well. Uh, I've got, pictures on my dmc underscore ryan instagram uh then again that's just that's all that's my secret tesla stuff that's just for you guys that's uh so there's some pictures there uh including my slip my 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 slip right here is posted so it's all there and yeah what a really great time and i met there were some people i'm bad with names on the first go there are a few people that, that did come out and, and I, their names just didn't stick in my head, but hopefully I can get to meet them again and, and <laughs> fix that problem of mine, but really had a wonderful time. Everybody was super nice. We uh, just, I would definitely do it again. 
And it is a lot, it's a lot for me to, you know, from, from the Bay Area up to Sacramento, it's, it's certainly an endeavor, but it was really fun, had a blast. I caravanned up with Zubin uh, behind his P100D Model S the whole time. So we had a, a nice Tesla caravan going. One guy on on the on the interstate heading up there to Sacramento drove by, pass, it was passing me, and he just, he put a, up in the window, he put a thumbs up in the window as he went by me, which made me feel good. So uh, good stuff. If you're ever curious, I mean, you know, the Tesla, there's there's no, uh, it's it's like probably very safe to do in general because, you know, you don't have to burn your tires out, get them hot. You just you just slam the pedal and, and hold it straight, and that's all you got to do, and it's a rush, and it's fun. There were long-range Model 3s there. There were uh, P3Ds there. There were uh, P85. There were Ss, P90D, P100Ds. So, you know, if, if you're ever curious to do it, give it a shot once. You know, go... It, Go with some experienced people that they can help show you the ropes. You're going to need a helmet and stuff, and you can't just kind of walk in there. Uh, you can rent gear, but anyway, you know, give it a try sometime if you're ever curious. It is super fun. I would do it again. It's uh, I'm not going to be going like every month or anything like that, but I would definitely be up for doing it again, really more for the community of it than anything else. Okay. Uh that means it's time for plugs because boy, the show's running long. I got to get out of here. I want to start by mentioning Abstract Ocean. If you've been checking abstractocean.com for their uh, huge cache of fantastic aftermarket Tesla accessories, mainly in the lighting department, whether it's the you know Tesla logo, the SX3 or T logo puddle lights or the upgraded Model 3 interior lighting kit, or what have you. Some of that stuff, I'm told by Abstract Ocean, is out of stock, but coming back in stock this week. So keep checking, because, again, they've, they've still, they're very kind. They've still got that coupon code running for you guys, and you guys alone, 15% off of your first order. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. All one word, R-T-L-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. So whether you're getting, again, the lanyard for you, the tempered glass screen protector for your Model 3, the center console wraps, the lighting kits, all that stuff, uh, check them out, abstractocean.com. And if they don't have what you're looking for in stock, I'm, I'm told it's, uh, you're, they're going to be getting a lot more back in stock this week. Uh, I already talked quite a bit about Immaculate Reflections this week. In fact, I've thankfully, thank goodness, just remembered that Jeff from Immaculate Reflections, he didn't want a, a proper plug this week. What he wanted me to do was simply to thank all of you, uh, because apparently a lot of you have been calling him and have been, you know, going his way, giving him some business or or asking him for some advice for who to go to in in your area if you don't live here in the Bay Area. And he, he really wanted to express his gratitude for that. Because like I said, I saw him last weekend. He, he said that to me in person. He said, please just just say thank you to your audience. Uh, so from from him to me to you, he says he says thank you. And I know I watched him say it to my face with a, with a, with nothing but sincerity. Jeff's a good guy. So uh, if you do want to look up Jeff, IR Detailing, the letter I, the letter R, detailing.com to learn more about Immaculate Reflections and what... Uh, what services Jeff offers for your car. 
You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing, Instagram, DMC underscore Ryan. If you're buying a Tesla, you can still get that $100 supercharger credit, which again, if uh, if you live pretty much anywhere outside of California where the supercharging electricity rates are, are much lower, that $100 is going to last you a while. But even in California... At 26 cents per kilowatt hour, 100 bucks is still going to last you a decent while. So if you're ordering any new S, any new X, or a performance Model 3, uh, do me a favor, use my code, get that credit, and get me one step closer to the Roadster. Why not, right? Like, I, I'm not by any means expecting it's going to happen, but uh, thanks to you guys, I'm off to a decent start. Uh, I've got... 10 total referrals so far, which means uh, you need 55. So it's still a long way to go. And I have I have no idea how long Tesla's going to leave this open. But if there was a, ever a dream to, to top all Tesla dreams, the Roadster would be it. Uh, so if you, if you find it in your heart while ordering a car, you get yourself that $100 credit and uh, you can help me out big time. That my code is Ryan73014. So either give that to a sales advisor if you're speaking to someone directly, or if you're ordering online, type this into a web browser. It's ts.la slash Ryan, R Y A N, 73014. If, let's see here, uh, if you're ordering the Jada Wireless charging pad, sadly I don't have a discount for you there, but Full transparency, if you use the referral link that they gave me to give to you, I'll get a couple of bucks out of it, so I'd be very grateful. Uh, again, I like mine, but that's, uh, that's you know, I'm, <laughs> I ordered mine with my own money. They didn't send me one for free. But uh, if you are interested in that, you can order it at getjada, G-E-T-J-E-D-A dot com slash R-E-F for referral slash the number eight. So getjada.com slash ref slash eight. Lastly, this week, Patreon. Uh, If you really enjoy the show, you get a lot out of it. I hope you find it informative, maybe even a little entertaining. I would love it if you would consider supporting me on Patreon. As always, it's fully optional. Nothing will ever be taken away from you for not doing that. The show still comes to you every Sunday, like clockwork. You know that this is episode 165. I'm very, very, uh, really proud. I mean, let's not, I don't mean it in a vain way, but I'm very proud to say that because I take it very, you know, I, I take this very seriously. I've done 165 episodes in 165 weeks. So, um, I'm here for you no matter what. But the point is, if you do want to show some support on Patreon, I'd be very grateful for that. You can see more, read more all about it at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, and so that brings me to the part where I thank the Patreon producers. That's Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, 
Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, Michael Callahan, uh, sorry, learned the wrong line, <laughs> David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Stefan Joris, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Scott Gillis, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, JC at ev-alliance.co.uk, otherwise known as Cookie UK, and finally, EV Raps. Thanks to all of you so much for your ongoing support on Patreon. Uh, subscribe for free to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast services. Again, that just means it's going to get downloaded to you automatically every week. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, but preferably Google Podcasts, as well as Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. That's TuneIn is in your Tesla, remember. You can find this podcast in your Tesla anytime. Just search Tesla or Tesla Ride the Lightning, either way. Uh, or the hosting site where you can pick up individual episodes and or the RSS feed, teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. And I'm also on YouTube, just in audio form, no video there, sorry, but other than my launch day video I made when I took delivery of my car. But uh, yeah, audio shows are all there. If you do prefer YouTube for any reason, check that out. And that'll do it for a, wow, that is a, very, very sleepy dog over there. She is zonked out across the couch. For Daisy the Boxer Puppy, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so, so much for generously giving me so much of your time each week. This is now, oh wow, over an hour and a half. My goodness, I should go. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time, but there's so much to talk about. So I thank you for sticking with me. It's been another fantastic week of Tesla news and excitement and meeting so many new owners at the volunteering. Oh, what a great, what a great time this has been. I, I tell you, I just feel so grateful and blessed to have this car and be part of this community. And I just feel like everything has gone to the next level as far as my engagement with this since I took delivery of my car. It's like, I haven't, I haven't detached at all. It's the opposite. I'm more engaged than ever. I'm I'm somehow further down the rabbit hole in the very best and most fun of ways. I'm having a ball. I love doing this podcast because you guys are so kind. Just, you know, I, it's, it's great. I mean, I really cannot thank you enough for your support in whatever form it takes, you know, and any and all support is good support. Thank you all very much. And I'll see you again here for with the start of Q4, and we'll find out if Tesla's profitable. Pro- maybe we'll find out by next next episode. Just the fun continues. The world of Tesla never stops. It's still only just getting started. Happy electric motoring, my friends. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun.